0: All right, we here. Welcome to another episode of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we're not on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to uh to fix that. All right, so I'm running solo on this episode. Uh, I got a bunch to talk about, though. This is weird because, you know, we're all on quarantine and stuff like that, and um, I usually don't record episodes by myself. But I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot today. Um. So first and foremost, um, I created and curated a, uh, pod, um, podcast. I curated a playlist for everybody to listen to. It's a nice, smooth little R&B set. Uh, it's called left on red. It's, um, a Spotify exclusive. So you can go ahead and check that out. Um, in my bio or in the podcast bio on Twitter and Instagram, Go check that out, download it, give it a like Um, Show some love, you know what I mean? Um, It's a a dope little playlist You're stuck inside, if you with your bae I mean, get it popping Anywho, we're going to move on to new music All right. so since we've been inside A lot of new music has come out Um, I'm not going to lie and say I've been sitting with every project Because I haven't Uh, But some good projects have come out um Giveon, his project came out this past friday donald glover his album came out last week party's album just came out brent's album has been out for a couple weeks probably like up to a month at this point k camp dropped a, a single i know the weekend's album just came out um and i'm really mostly just tap um tapping into like urban urban contemporary and r&b artists like that um I haven't listened to Weekend's album, but, you know, it. at the place where he is in his career, he, the music that he's making isn't really, like, my cup of tea, so even though I fuck with his old shit, um, I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not really there, so uh, I, I'll I go back to it um, when I get the time. Now, these other projects, in terms of Giveon's album, that's, like, that's really good. That's real good R and I I don't know if it's an EP or an album, but he really delivers. on if you don't know, he's a new artist, a newer artist. Um, he was featured on Drake's uh, one of Drake's Lucy's, the Chicago Freestyle. He's um, he provides the vocals on that song, and uh, he just released an EP, and it's and it's fire. Like it's it's fire. The production is fire. Uh, I think it was mixed very well, and his vocals are dope. He's just all around great artist so far um so i've seen so far uh donald glover Chada gambino whatever you want to call him um his album is great i don't really know like the, the thematics behind it it's kind of kind of weird he's always been on a weird wave so it doesn't surprise me at all but um his album is really good he really delivered it sounds like he took his time to put this project together Um, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm really a fan of the way people put out surprise albums anymore. Like, I think that that time has passed because, like, I don't know. I don't think that it's I don't know. I just feel a way about an artist spending all of this time recluse working on his project, his or her project um, by themselves, from months on end to a year to multiple years just to like turn around and their rollout is just to just to put it out like no graphics no videos no tweets like we get it i get the i get the viral campaign and stuff like that but like this is not 2015 or whenever beyonce's self-titled album came out like that energy isn't really there anymore or even when drake came out with his album like his surprise album, if you're reading this, it's too late. Um, the internet doesn't really work like that anymore. like, And it doesn't um, change how people receive the music either. So it's not like putting out an album by surprise is going to help people digest it any slower than they would if you were to tell them that it was coming a year out or months out or weeks out. So, I mean, that's my only critique about that project nothing to really do with the music the music is great um as always and um Party's album I fuck with Party's album and I had I'm not gonna lie I had I was reserved about it because you know the last project that he really put out was the seven day project when he was on tour with Halsey and I didn't really rock with it because it was kind of like oh well I'm on this tour and I'm gonna make music over the course over the course of seven days And, um, I put it out and, you know, I wasn't really rocking with it. It was, it was, it had a lot of pop melodies. There wasn't really any slow tempos like the classic party from party, uh, next door one and two, his first two projects, even his third project. It, it didn't even sound like, um, what he delivered on his third project, which was, um, my least favorite out of the first three projects, but whatever but this on this album, he really delivers. Um he goes back to his classic sound, I believe. And um he delivers dope lyrics. Real dope lyrics. You know, Party's known for his songwriting, so it doesn't surprise me that um he'd be good at putting a song together. Um who else we got? So Outside of music, though, I mean, honestly, i just been sitting in the house and listening to kind of the same thing, the same songs and the same albums and just living with stuff and things like that. So I can't really go too much into music because, um, you know, I don't know. And like, it, these are weird times, really, because uh, music streaming is down and you would think that. In this time when we're all inside That Everybody would be listening to music more Or like catching up on music projects Or listening to old music and stuff like that But in reality people are just Watching movies Watching TV And I can't lie and say that I'm not one of them Because I have been watching a lot of television Um, I've definitely been watching More new television Than I've been listening to new music And I don't know what that is I really don't know what that is I feel like Feel like people listen to um, music during commutes, which is completely understandable. Though um, know, I don't do it, I personally listen to podcasts in commutes, just because like I can't sit still and listen to a podcast. Like it's just it's not me. Like I can't do it, but um, it's surprising nevertheless. So some of the stuff that I've been watching has been like Westworld and Ozark and Dave on FX and stuff like that um the new season of westworld just started and it's on its third ep- well it's le- its third episode just premiered this past sunday um i thought it was really dope because it's um it's easier to follow than the first two seasons i will say the first two seasons the first season wasn't necessarily hard to follow because there's a lot of um there was a lot of, um, exposition and, uh, introducing characters and introducing this new place and, you know, the storyline and everything like that. But when we got to the second season, there was a lot of like time jumps and who's the narrator, who's, who's in control, who's not in control and a lot of plot twists and things like that. So, um, it kind of took me out for a while, but it kind of, was wrapped up nicely together. Uh, it was wrapped up nicely towards the end of the second season. So when the second season ended and they took about a year off um, from production, I knew that it was probably because they knew that they had done a lot in terms of um, expanding this story in the second season, and they wanted to bring it to a new fresh, bring new fresh ideas into the third season. And you know they delivered on that. Uh, most of most. Of the series this season has taken place outside of Westworld. And in the regular world, you get to see how humans live in the society that Westworld exists within. Um, and to see Dolores and other characters operating in that world is pretty interesting. And you get to see how advanced everything really is. And I think that's dope. Um, yeah, so check out Westworld. I'll be here. I'll probably give some more takes on what's going on. But I don't I don't really want to spoil anything here. Um, what's next? Ozark season three. I just binged that over the weekend. It dropped on Friday on Netflix. Um continues to be a great, great show. Uh the first two seasons, well, the first season was um the first season was really good, you know? And it started it starts as a series, it starts really well because you know you you're like who is this guy like he's boring like what's gonna happen and then it kind of just turns up like very immediately and um yeah and so through the first season you know you get all of this uh expand the expansion of the world how where they're moving to which is the, o- the ozarks and um you get all of these characters and this new place and this new landscape and all that stuff is pretty interesting, but um, in season two it really takes a step up, and that's really where I, where I began to really enjoy the show. Like in season one, I was kind of just like a casual watcher. Like, oh, this is a new series. Let me give it a shot. Jason Bateman. Like I'm a fan of him and his comedy from the past, and this show shows how great of an actor he is in dramas. One. And how, how good of a director he is, too, because these episodes from this series are very well directed. I will say that. Uh, and I can attest to that. But uh, season two, in terms of story, is where the show takes it to another level. Like the writing just is just becomes incredible. And um, these characters, they, they expand and they grow and they have depth. And everything. So when I got to the third season over the past weekend, um, I, I kind of had a high bar, a high standard for like what I was expecting um, to get from this season. And honestly, I was not disappointed at all. I was not. The only critique that I will say is that the main characters of Marty and Wendy aren't really uh, expanded personality wise. Uh, I will say that there are other characters who are explored more and there are other factors and other characters who are introduced who make the overall story more interesting. But I think that moving forward, we need to see a little bit more character development because we're seeing the development of story, but we're not really seeing the development of character and, um, you know, whatever. And what else? I'm what? What else am I watching? Oh, Dave! Dave on FX. So something lighthearted and uh, pretty funny and goofy and shit. So I'm watching Dave uh on FX, which is in my opinion the White Atlanta, and um, it's pretty funny. It stars Lil Dicky, and uh, it's on his fifth episode. I just watched its fifth episode last night, and it's pretty funny. And the character ensemble on the show is pretty funny. Uh, I'll say, and there's just a lot of hijinks and shit going on in the show that, you know, will keep you entertained throughout. And um Yeah. I don't I don't really know. I think that the last episode that they aired was pretty was probably the best episode that they filmed. Um it kind of focused on Gator, uh which is Lil' Dicky's hype man in the series. And um it kind of dealt with mental health after like that. So I thought it was pretty interesting. It's a pretty funny show. Uh, it's a nice alternative to Atlanta while Atlanta is on its sabbatical. And, uh, yeah, so I would check that out. And uh, we'll keep pushing. What else is there to talk about? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Movie suggestions. Um, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Amazon Prime. Okay. I haven't really been watching a lot of movies, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'll just, I guess, I'll give... Uh, I'll give you guys my list of shows or movies rather that I want to watch. Uh, I know that Spencer Confidential is on Netflix. Uh, that Mark Wahlberg movie that has Post Malone in it, and um, the actor from the actor from uh, Black Panther and Us, Winston forget his last name but yeah so i i kind of want to check that out a a few people have told me about that um uh, uncorked on netflix is a black family drama comedy uh definitely want to check that out it seems very um opposite of what a tyler perry movie would be like and i don't like that um you know that those types of dramas and comedies get put on the front and um and like black sim, black cinema. That's a whole different conversation. Uh, Candyman. I will suggest that movie. I have seen it. The new one is coming out probably no time soon because of the quarantine. But the new uh, Candyman um, reboot sequel whatever is um, is on its way. So I would check that out. Um, what else am I watching? The uh, Don't Fuck with Cats is on Netflix. That's a documentary series. I would uh, I would suggest that one. That's pretty cool. Um, McMillions on HBO is pretty cool. Um, I'm jumping from network to network, but let me stay on Netflix. Tiger King, obviously, everybody's talking about that. Um, I am not a big All American fan. You know, it's my brother actually said that that show is just Black One Tree Hill which is pretty hilarious to me um i'm not like i'm not really into those shows anymore you know the cw drama comedy whatever not really comedy but see uh, but the cw-esque um teen drama like it's it's just it's too much at this point like it's too many we have too many it, it's so many and like whatever um, a lot of people are watching Love is Blind on Netflix. I'm not personally a fan. I am a fan of the circle though. The circle was pretty good. And um the car- the cast members are way more personable. But I know that a lot of people are watching Love is Blind on Netflix. So, um I guess you guys can check go ahead and check that out. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it for netflix i started to re- i started to rewatch um daredevil season three that's pretty good and that holds up and um i heard that daredevil might uh return for the third spider-man film so oh and love death and robots for my animation heads um that's a pretty good animated series different styles of animation and different um stories and uh yeah I think that's pretty much it in terms of new stuff. I could give you guys some older suggestions um, on another episode or when I get some feedback from this episode. But, yeah, um, that's pretty much it for Netflix. Moving on to HBO. Mm, Let me pull this up because I love HBO, honestly, personally, Uh, more than any other streaming platform. Like, I'm super excited for HBO Max to drop. And... Um yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh okay, so for HBO, like I said, I've been watching Westworld, uh, The Outsider. I haven't finished that series, but I watched about uh three or four episodes, and it's pretty good. It's very ominous and like it's it doesn't really um it doesn't really like lead you into a direction where you feel like you know where you're going uh or where it's gonna end rather so i would check that out um it's based off of a stephen king novel Watchmen is a series on uh, hbo that's really fire it's pretty much fire from top to bottom but it definitely picks up in the middle in the middle of the season um to like really bring give you a bang for your buck succession is a comedy uh it's more I don't know if it's more drama than comedy or more comedy than drama, but it's pretty great. Um, It's based off of the Murdochs uh, who own the Fox News empire. And um, it's pretty much about a dysfunctional family of billionaires. And uh, it's pretty dope. Big Little Lies. uh, That's pretty cool. Game of Thrones, whatever, Euphoria. I've seen all of these things. Curb. I am hooked on Curb. I'm not gonna lie, I'm hooked on Kerb. Uh, there, there's a lot of shows out there that like I'm reluctant to start watching because um, I want to stop watching them, and I feel like if I stop, then I'll never be able to pick back up and like really follow along. But the thing about comedies that I love are the thing about comedies. The thing I love about comedies rather is that. It is that a lot of the times you can watch from any point in the series and you can like enjoy it and you can follow along, or it's not too difficult of a storyline where it's like, oh my God, what's going on? Yada, yada, yada. Curb is one of the few series where I honestly believe that you could probably pick up that show from any point and just start it and watch it backwards, watch it forwards. And it's hilarious for you, uh, for you dry humor fans out there. It's hilarious. Like it's, um, yeah. It's it's drier than The Office. It's not as goofy as The Office. It's more like relatable everyday con- it's it's more so uh making hum- creating humor out of like everyday type of situations. So I would definitely watch Curb. It's ninth season just finished um recently, so I would check that out. Um The Wire, you know. I'm just giving out staples at this point. I watched dark phoenix on hbo the other day and honestly uh i watched a lot of youtube videos on reviewing that movie before i watched it and i don't know why because i'm kind of just that type of person like uh like i'll kind of watch youtube videos on shows and movies that i may not have watched and uh i watched dark phoenix and while it's not the best x-men movie um by any means it's not the worst x-men movie either like i can easily name three x-men movies that are worse than that um so i think that the, the reviews for that movie are pretty harsh i think that most of um the critique of that film comes from the fact that it's the last one from like the fox from like the marvel fox universe or whatever um and the fact that the director is is that was his like debut direct that was his um directorial debut or whatever so i mean it wasn't that bad but it definitely wasn't the worst x-men movie and it could have been better uh and i'm sure that the reason why it wasn't as good as it could have been is because the merger was happening very close to when the movie was premiering but um that's neither here nor there I just thought that that was a pretty interesting um I thought that was pretty it was it was it was a good watch. It was a good watch. I Hobbs and Shaw is on uh HBO as well, but I literally couldn't get through that movie. I'm not even going to hold you. Like I I can watch a Fast and Furious movie. I'm not like I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm too bougie or I'm too uppity or like the fast and furious movies are beneath me or whatever. Cause nah, I've seen, I think pretty much every single one of them, but the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff with Ajis Alba as this, some fucking super soldier who can like, I don't know. It's, it's too much. It's too much. The scenes are like, it's like, you get that, you get those scenes, you get those scenes in a fast and furious. Right. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Like, how are these people able to do these things? And it's like, OK, you're getting it from an ensemble cast, though. So it's like, all right, well, I'm not too mad at that. But when you get it in a more condensed, uh, when you get it in a more condensed cast, when it's just two guys running around the world doing ridiculous stunts, like The Rock literally jumped out of a building and slid down a rope barehanded with no rope burns then jumped on a guy's back then knocked that guy out then did the same exact move slid down the rope jumped off the uh, um, jumped off of one guy and hopped onto another guy and jumped on his back and knocked him out and then jumped on another guy and landed on a car to land on the ground it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life uh and just it that was only one of the insane scenes that happen in that movie and that wasn't even the third act like these are this is happening in the second act and the first act like ridiculous ridiculous stunts um so i couldn't i couldn't i literally couldn't finish that movie i'm not gonna hold you uh but you know it is what it is um if you like that if you liked it then i mean cool but it's just it's just not my thing. Like, I just can't like ridiculous stunts. It, but it, cause it's like, this is how, this is how I feel about it. If you see Captain America do something like that, you're like, all right, well it's Captain America. But if you see some guy named if you see some guy, some regular guy who you've been introduced to as a regular, normal human being, just a government agent being able to do all of these ridiculous things it's like come on bro like what what are we what are we doing here what do, what's the conversation what's the narrative who are he, who is who is he going against that would even make this like this much of a hassle or or anything um but whatever i'm not gonna stay here forever i guess there's some documentaries on hbo that uh I do want to check out. It's called um, "Kill Chain: the Cyber War and American Elections," after truth, disinformation, and the cost of fake news. Um, and I think that might be it. Uh, you know, there's a Banksy documentary. Banksy does New York. And uh, oh, the final year. There's a. Uh, there is a uh, Barack Obama uh, documentary. And this isn't on any streaming platform, but um, there's this documentary that I watched in college or somewhere. I cannot remember where I first saw it, but there's this documentary called My Kid Could Paint That. And it's about this guy who has a daughter who paints these masterpieces. And it's fire. Like, it's a really good documentary. And, like, they get they raise to all this acclaim and stuff like that. But then there is it's it's really dope because first of all i'm a fine arts major i went to school and studied um with an art history concentration so i studied all of this art shit when i was in college but outside of that it's it's a documentary about this girl this little girl who supposedly is a master painter at such a young age and as the documentary uh, and keeps moving forward, we start to realize that maybe everyone's being duped, and maybe it's the dad that's creating the paintings, which creates the narrative of well, if it's a little girl creating these paintings, they are exceptional and they are beyond, you know, uh, it's it's not even it's it's undeniable how talented she is. However. If it's the dad that's creating these, they're pretty normal and of standard and it, nothing to be praised. And I thought that was a pretty interesting narrative and conversation to have when bringing up um, the importance of art and the percep- the perception of art and everything like that. So I would suggest you guys watch that. And um, yeah, that's just one of my off the cuff uh, movie suggestions. Um in terms of Hulu, I don't really watch a lot of movies on Hulu. I don't really know because you know it's just Hulu doesn't really have a great um movie selection, but I watch Dave on there I watch all my fX shows on there and um I watch for Life for Life is a pretty good show that's on hulu um yeah and I think that's pretty much it that's pretty much all I got for the movie and t v suggestions uh And uh, I guess I'll just close out on this note. It's been pretty rough figuring out like how to stay busy in the house uh, during all all this stay at home orders and quarantines and self-isolation and social distancing. And uh, but one of the things that's been really cool about being in the house has been the uh, the Instagram sets, the DJ sets on Instagram um, and the battles like those things are really cool like i'm super big on music i like music i try to incorporate music into every part of my life and like in terms of studying in terms of commute in terms of relaxation you know and um to see all of these artists who aren't getting paid and they still choose to go on this platform that's utilizing their brand and their image and they share their talents with the world for us to see and enjoy while we're all in the same situation. It's pretty, um, it's pretty uplifting. I'm not going to lie. And I, uh, I'm happy that I'm happy to be a part of a culture where we get to see our, our people, you know, doing this, doing this for each other. Now, with that being said, uh, I want to shout out D-Nice. Um, I want to shout out Showcase Montana. I want to shout out, uh just Blaze. Um I want to shout out t- 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 all the DJs. Um Yeah, I want to shout out all the DJs uh and everybody else who's you know doing their thing. The battles. I want to get to the battles. This is why I'm here though. This is why I wanted to end on this note. The battles have been fire. Fire. And I hope we get to see more. I hope we get to see bigger artists. I want to start with my what I thought of the, um, what was the first one? The uh, Timbaland versus Swiss Beast battle. I thought that Timbaland was smoking Swizz. I did, I did. Uh, I still think that Timbaland won, but I definitely will give Swizz his flowers because Swizz is a legendary genius level producer. With that being said, Timbaland is just more versatile. Um, and, you know, he his his the artist that he's worked with and the the sounds that he's created like the, the the genre like he's pushed multiple genres forward like it's just insane his 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 talent and his creativity I thought that Timbaland did an amazing job and it just reminded me of how many hits this man really has under his belt and how talented he really is um now, from that, these two genius level uh, producers have been putting together battles. And from that, we've gotten The Dream and Sean Garrett. I didn't catch that one. I was kind of disappointed, though. But I heard that it was pretty neck and neck. I heard that in the start, um, The Dream came with heavy hitters and, you know, he's producing, uh, he's producing really good hits. Uh, to go up against Sean Garrett's hits, and then in, in Sean Garrett kind of came back with some 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 heavy hitters and um and uh closed out really well for his uh on his side but I think that the general consensus was that the dream won it's just that it was a very 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 close battle now my favorite the one that I've seen uh the one that was last put on Oh no, no, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Then there was Hit Boy versus Boy Wonder. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like it was it like the thing about that battle was just that Boy Wonder has produced so many hit records for Drake that like you can't take that away from from his from his skill, but at the same time, you can't really downplay i mean you can't really like win a battle off of one artist's catalog like it's just not fair It's just not fair it doesn't show any range i mean it shows it shows range of like time because uh, how how dominant the artist has been but at the same time you can't win a beat battle off of one artist's catalog uh with that being said hit boy uh, he wasn't really in the game for most of the battle, in my personal opinion. But at the end, he came with hits on hits on hits on hits. And I think that it was a smart strategy because um, Boy One that came out the gate, came out swinging. He came out with all the heavy hitter Drake tracks, and he was waiting for Hit Boy to come back and really, you know, go hit for hit for hit for hit. And Hit Boy wasn't trying to do that. He was playing his songs. He was playing, like, underground records. He was playing, like, hood records and stuff like that, trap records and stuff like that. And um, he didn't really come with his like super mega smashes until the end, and that's kind of like where Boy Wonder started to dwindle down because he had played all of his biggest records already, and um, you know that one was pretty neck and neck. I don't really know who I have um, winning that one to be honest. But but uh, on Sunday, Sean uh, not Sean Garrett, uh, Neo and John Tay went for a songwriting battle that was oh oh my god when you talk about hits when you talk about two men who are responsible for hits hits on hits on hits on hits on hits on hits on hits first of all neo played most of his own records he didn't even really play a lot of records that he wrote for other people that was insane because he's written Countless records, countless smashes for plenty of the biggest artists you can think of. John Tay, on the other hand, is a pen god. That's the only thing I could. That's the only way I can really describe it. This man wrote "Sweet Lady" at 15 years old. He wrote Tyrese's "Sweet Lady" at 15 years old. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. Somebody who can write that great of a song, that timeless of a song, at the that young of an age, is a goat. It's a goat. You can't really. You can't really like him in. so the general consensus for that battle is that um jante won i personally think that it was a little bit more a neck and neck than everybody seems i think that a lot of people are basing it off of the track list that came out because um that was more one of the more uh organized battles that happened over the weekend um where the track list came out and they had uh really strict stipulations they could only play the song for about a minute and 30 and um and and what and they only had 20 songs they could use so i think that based off of the track list that came out after the battle was over everybody just said that jante won but really when you put the songs up up against each other um they really rung out they really rung out and um i think it was more close than everybody wants to admit but that's just me and um yeah that's pretty much all i got right now um i'll just speak on the coronavirus shit for a little bit before we get out of here it's really wild out here man like um we're in new jersey I, well, i'm in new jersey recording this so like we're pretty much locked down um everybody's home for the most part it's it's still fairly cold outside nobody's really like standing outside or going to any large gatherings or beaching or anything like that so those are the good things the bad thing is though the bad part is is every other state in america making us look bad and um like, Virginia and Florida and stuff like that, like, you guys got to get inside, bro, like, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, and I know that the governor of of Virginia just ordered it today or yesterday, but, like, too little too late, like, that's, like, three weeks after New Jersey and after New York, like, and, and New York is the epicenter of the virus, and, like, I feel like it's just a mistake that people are still able to go in and out of the city uh as they please and i get that businesses need to still run and things need to still operate uh at a minimum but it's like costing people their lives and it's working healthcare people professionals to like to the bone and it's crazy because no other country is operating like this like we're on the we're the only ones who aren't who know the risks that we're taking and we're still Losing people at a high rate because we don't want to shut everything down because there's many to lose. And um, I think that when this is all said and done, it'll just there'll be like a real serious shift. I hope that there's a real serious shift in politics and the way our society is run. Or it, it, maybe not the way our, maybe not the way our society is run, but the way but the way people perceive our society and how fragile it is and the things that we need as Americans in times of crisis and um, in times of what we need for help. So with that being said, stay in the house, wash your hands for 20 seconds, practice social distancing and physical distancing, um, hand sanitizer use it purell you know all of that good stuff uh try not to spend your money on uber eats and you know and doordash and all of these things first of all you're getting people who shouldn't really be having who really shouldn't be having to work right now you're getting them up and out of the house even though even if they want to make the dollar you help you you putting them at risk by ordering all of these food learn how to cook utilize youtube pick up a new task. Uh, exercise at home, even if you don't have any weights, push-ups and sit-ups and crunches and, you know, all of these stuff. Like, you know, just stay active, meditate, do yoga, drink water, get some rest, uh, apply to jobs if you're unemployed. Make sure you're getting that $1,200 check. That's supposed to be coming in the mail. And stay safe. Remember, you can follow... The podcast at Versus Mike History on Instagram and Versus MH on Twitter. Follow me, Mike History on Instagram, at Last Name History on Instagram, and at Mike History on Twitter. This has been a solo quarantine episode of Versus Mike History. I'm out, and I'll see you guys when I see you guys.